This is Ryan Elliott for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. We're in London ahead of Regis Prograve versus Josh Taylor this Saturday evening. On the bill, three weeks notice, jumped in with Derek Jazora, David Price. David, been a while since I've seen you. How you been? I'm good, thanks. Been great. Been great. Now, last time I spoke to you, you were going into the Dave Allen fight. You and I spoke just over there, and you told me I'm being written off. They're, they're overlooking me. They were, they were talking about the Povetkin fight. They were talking about the Povetkin fight. You said, I'm being written off completely. You went in there and produced what is arguably the best performance of your career so far. Coming in on three weeks' notice now against Derek Jazora. I've heard you saying this week that after the Allen fight, you made a conscious effort to stay in the gym and to wait for your opportunity. Glad you did. I've got myself to thank for it, yeah. Um... And more, more of a lifestyle thing as well at my age. I've got to keep active, keep busy rather than spending weeks and weeks out the gym and then it's a slog to get back where I was. So I wanted to build on the performance instead of getting to that level and come back down and trying to reach that level again. It was about setting the bar higher. So I feel like I've done that and got myself in good nick in the process. So it was a good, it was a good way to do it. Talk to me about the process of hearing Joseph Parker was out and sort of waiting for your opportunity and were you frantically on your team saying, please, just try and get me this fight? What was the situation? No, no, no. I just, I just kept kept checking my phone for the WhatsApp messages. Nothing came through and I thought, well, I'm not going to be getting off at this fight. And out of respect for Derek, you know, as someone who I'm, I'm fond of and we're pals daily, I didn't want to throw my name in the hat publicly. But I was half expecting the call. And then when, when it came, I was like, OK, now, you know, you've come to me. I'm in a better position to, to negotiate as, as you know, rather than me asking you if I can have the fight. So it was, it was, it was good. In your step, Derek Chisora Saturday night. No surprises. What to expect from Derek for you? Is it about using those size advantages, those physical advantages? Yeah, as much as I can, but it's not that straightforward boxing. You know, it's, it's just because you're taller doesn't mean you can. You, you keep someone on the end of the jab all night. Derek will get close at times, and it's up to me to to look after myself in them positions which I'm confident I can um, it's going to be hard it's going to be hard. It's gonna be the hardest fight in my career I think physically um, but I'm ready for it After that Dave Allen fight I know it was, a, it was a big release for yourself you had some momentum you'd been winning but you said you wanted a conclusive win something that, that really felt like a win you got exactly that we saw the release of emotions one thing that stuck with everyone that you said was he was talking about making fights for life-changer money. Now I want the life-changer money. It's a big fight on a big show, but what does a win do for you at this point? It just propels my career to, to where I'd never imagined it will have gone after a, after a few years ago. So it, it'd be massive, but as I said and before the last fight, I don't really want to focus on, on the outcome of the fight. I want to just focus on round by round. You know, racking the points up and, and hopefully at the end of the fight I'll have my hand raised. You've had your ups and downs, David, uh, in the professional ranks, I'm sure you won't mind me saying, but now you, you've got those those few wins strung together, that big Dave Allen win going into this fight, and you mentioned it's it's about lifestyle now as well, you're looking after yourself. Are you enjoying your boxing at the minute and do you see this as the best running your career? More than ever I'm enjoying it. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best run in my career, but it, it's the most satisfying run in my career because of what I've been through beforehand. Best run in my career was when I was younger, coming through, and I was walking through most most fighters. But now, because I've come back from adversity, it, it, it's it's more, it feels better. There's something a different feeling about it, and it's it's a nice it's a nice feeling. I want to continue it. A couple more questions before I let you go, David. I know we've got a press conference about to start. Main event, Regis Progress, Josh Taylor. You're sharing a bill with two guys. Unbeaten, unifying, World Boxing Super Series final. Top, top fight. How do you see that fight playing out? To be honest, I haven't seen much of Regis Progress. Uh, to, to be honest, 
us, I know, I know, I know Josh Taylor, I've watched him a lot. But as far as I'm aware, this uh, progress is a fantastic fight as well. So this, this is what boxing is all about, the best fighting the best. And it's fantastic to be fighting on the same card as them. Final word to you, David. Uh, last time you and I stood here, as I mentioned, I asked you this. What was your prediction for the fight night? You told me I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Saturday night, what do we see from the big truck? Same again. Same again. Proving people wrong is is now my uh, my motivation, and it feels good. I'm going to do the same again. David, as always, thank you for making time for Boxing Social. <laughs>
think he had three weeks notice or so. He seems really up for it. A few words exchanged today. What do you think about that fight? How do you see it playing out, George? It's a great fight. It's a really interesting fight. I've got to admit, I'm, you know, I'm interested by it. Um, Price is such a big, big puncher, you know, and um, coming off a bit of momentum now with his win against um, Dave Allen, um, maybe in a confident frame of mind. He was preparing for a fight in Liverpool, so he would have been in the gym, even though he took this fight at relatively late notice. Um, Chisora, I feel, is the favourite, and probably rightly so. And if Chisora sort of tucks up and puts the pressure on, I feel he's got that, you know, he's got that ability to exhaust David Price, who we've seen before in the past, um, sort of empty the tank. Um, I think, I think, I think, I think Chisora, I make Chisora a winner in this fight. I think um, he'll be able to absorb the, the Price's power, um, tire him out, and then land a big shot. So, but you never know. You never know. Fascinating fight. One final question from me, George, before I let you shoot. Uh, your old foe, Chris Eubank Jr., is stepping back down to middleweight uh, to face Matt Korobov first and foremost. Do you think that's the right move for him to go back down and perhaps be able to utilise his size a little bit more compared to facing the likes of, of yourself and, and the others at Super Middle, um, where he, he was fairly small for the weight? Yeah, I mean, I only, I only um, heard that fight that was announced today. Um, Korobov... Um, you know, was a fantastic amateur. He was someone who I used to look up to when I was, a, you know, a junior, way back in the day. Um, his pro career never really took off. He had a few wins. Um, the biggest fight I can remember him in was losing to, to Andy Lee, and that was a good few years ago now. So, might be a good fight for for junior. But it, if I was him, I'd try and pick pick a weight division now and consolidate yourself at it and try and build some momentum and get, get back in line to fight for one of the big world titles um, he had a good win um, retiring James to go at the start of the year but we haven't really heard nothing from him over in the UK since we're now nine months later and you know he's only just announced a fight um, and at a different weight division so it's um, it a strange one um, but yeah, I think I make him the favourite for that fight. He should, he should go on and win it. And then um, if he's now going to base himself in the States, you know, with Korobov's status in the States, it might open a few doors. Maybe an opportunity to fight for, for a middleweight title. Um, there's some huge fights there at middleweight. He's commercially viable um, junior. It's just whether he, whether he wants the fights. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right, George Groves, thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Tyson, um, before we get on to wrestling and boxing, I just want to ask you about your book. You're now an author. When's it out? When can we get it? What's the title? It's, um, it's called Behind the Mask, Autobiography by Tyson Fury. Um, no punches have been pulled. Reveal all. Uh, first time ever, actually. Um, November the 14th release. Really good read. Is it a tough process getting it all out again, going back over, or is it, it good it to reflect? Bringing up bad memories and um, going back. And I started this book when I was in a really low place, and I've ended this book in a really high place. So it's been a good, uh, a good bit of both worlds. Speaking of two worlds, obviously lineal heavyweight champion of, in boxing, now a new venture in WWE. First of all, just tell us how it, how it all came about and how you ended up. It was pretty simple how it came about. I got a phone call Wednesday evening, 7pm. And before I knew it, I was on a plane at six o'clock the next morning to LA 
nobody knew about it, didn't really know much about it myself, just agreed that we're going to go there and do it. Um, I got there and then we worked a deal out, so yeah, it was quite a, quite a quick turnaround. Um, a few hours, Paris packed the bags and was on a plane with the full family, mm. and Brendan too. And I understand your, your eldest boy, Prince, he's a, he's a big, big fan of wrestling, so it's, yes. it's something about... Uh, his his love of the sport that you're you're sort of giving that back to him now. Hundred percent. Now the dad of the century. <laughs> and uh, how's the cut? Because obviously yeah. it's not that long ago. What was it? Forty days. Yeah. yeah. Since since it happened and forty seven stitches. Right. Cut's doing well. I've been told it's hundred days to, to fully healed, and um, yeah, should be all right. Has it been risky at all? Like Frank Warren suggested, the training for wrestling and obviously the fight. Is that a risk that it could open up again, or do you feel pretty confident it'll be okay? It could open up. It could open up. I could walk into the door, though, and it open up, or, or anything. So that's the sort of risk element that you're going you're gonna to face in day-to-day life. There's nothing I can do from stopping that cut from opening if it's supposed to open. Mm. Nothing at all. The training, uh, the wrestling training, how, how's it been? How does it differ, really, to, to boxing training? How's it been the last, the last couple of weeks? Very taxing on the body. Is it? Yeah. Very hard work and um, a lot of um, impact to the to the human body. More so than than boxing, in it yeah, obviously in a different you way. You don't really take any impact in boxing. Well, at least I don't you anyway. Don't. Apart from the cut, first one in in ten years. So it's um, it's been a while since last cut, but yeah, I don't take any impact in boxing. But this, like, you take impact every day, like power slammed and suplexes and everything you can think of, getting chucked out of the ring, whatever, it's impact, impact, impact. So it's become um, painful, mm. to say the least. More so than in boxing, because I assume when you spar, you, no one's really laying anything on you. So this, this must be almost... Yeah, I don't, I don't get any, any injuries in boxing, apart from that last cut, that was it. I've, not, I've never been, I don't get hit, do I? Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot more uh, impact than boxing, for sure. I'd just say maybe a hundred times more. Really? That's how much it is, because I'm actually getting picked up I'm slammed onto a floor, hard floor, and I don't get, ever get that in boxing, ever. Because the, the suggestion's sort of been that, oh, well, you know, Mike Tyson might just keep being a wrestler because he hasn't got to take the punishment that he does in boxing, but you're saying it's actually the opposite. I can honestly tell you, if, if I spar for 10, 12 rounds, I might get hit five times. In this, you're getting impacted every day, you train. Every time I go to that gym and train for two hours, there'll be impact, getting smashed onto the floor, into the ropes, or into a corner. So, maybe not 100 times more impact, but I'd definitely say 50 to 60 times more impact. So anyone who says wrestling's easier than boxing, it's full of shit. They don't know what they're talking about. And I'll tell you what it is, I thought I had a hard schedule with boxing twice a year, being away for 10 weeks in training camps, these guys are away every day. They wrestle five nights a week. Braun Strowman had 191 matches last year. I had two. <laughs> yeah. So, so, with so which one's more, more impact? Which one's more taxing on the body? Two fights a year or 91? Mm. So, yeah. With that in mind then, where's, where does your long-term future lie? Is this, is this just a cameo or is this a, a long-term plan? And where does boxing fit in now in your future? You know, the future's bright, the future's orange. That was an old slogan from years ago. Uh, everything happens and we've got to see what happens while, it, while it's there, you know. Wrestling's here, the opportunities happen for me. I've took it with both hands, we'll see where that leads. Um, no big plans for the future, but I never say never. And even with boxing, no big plans for the future, you know. Take one day at a time and see where it goes, you know. We, we never know what's around the corner. 
um, I'm looking forward to being happy. That's it. You know, like a lot of people have been saying, I've got no ambition in this and that. Why should I have ambition to do something I've already done a thousand times? You know, it's like I've been a champion, still a lineal champion. It's like, what more can I achieve? I already beat Deontay Wilder. Well, that's definitely a victory for me. So, you know, I beat the best of the game um, of my era, and that's it. You know, I go back again and again and again. How long is a piece of string? Just on the subject of Wilder, just finally, um, February 22nd was the date we were all sort of working towards and looking ahead to. Is that still on the agenda? Do you think that's still what you're looking at when you sort of visualise how next year's going to... It's not me. Wilder's got to fight Ortiz, so we'll see how that fight goes and then we can make a decision whether it's going to be in February or not. Because if he loses, then it's definitely not going to be in February, is it? It's not going to happen at all. It's going to have a rematch with Ortiz. So, yeah, then we'll have to look for a new opponent for February 22nd. Either or, I'll be fighting on February 22nd, whether it's Wilder, yeah. yeah. Whatever happens in other people's lives and careers, none of my concern, but my life and career, I'll be boxing Feb 22nd in Las Vegas, that's for sure. And next year? If I don't get run over in the meantime. Indeed, or the cut, the cut is okay during the, on yeah. Halloween. Yeah, whether the cut's okay or not, I'll still be fighting February 22nd, because okay. that's what I do. This is Rob Tubbett for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Eddie Hearn. We're here at the Pro Grey Taylor Chisora Price weigh-in in London. How are you doing, Ed? Doing very well. All completed. Everybody on weight, apart from Luke Blackledge. Uh, actually, I think people don't realise of two other fights taking part tomorrow night, which is Luke Blackledge against Dennis Radovan and then uh, Baru against John O'Donnell, which is a really good fight. Though they're between sort of five and seven. And then we kick off with Conor Ben. Uh, Lawrence Acoli for the Cruiserweight European title, Ricky Burns against Lee Selby, Chisora against Price, Progress and Taylor, the best card of the year, unquestionably, and uh, all heating up nicely, you know? Make an interesting point there. Um, my friends from Southland wouldn't forgive me if I didn't pick up on that with yeah. Dennis Radovan and Abbas Baru. Abbas Baru surprised me. I know he's been in, he's been matched well throughout his career, but he's a 16 to 1 on favourite against John O'Donnell. Does that surprise you? I think sometimes when you look at odds for a fight, the bookmaker just presumes that the home fighter is a standout favourite. I mean, we've seen a few times this year the away corner win at huge odds. Um, you know, one of that reasons is because of the job that the promoters does of, of talking their fighter up. So that's a really interesting fight. John O'Donnell, I was speaking to Tony Sims earlier, I nearly had him fight with us once for a title. Uh, has been a bit hit and miss, but has always had... Lee will tell you. What? Come and talk up John O'Donnell. John O'Donnell, he's been... Yeah, <laughs> drop it right down, mate. Um, now, John John was a great, a great fighter, obviously, a few years ago. He's uh, been out for a little while, um, but obviously former Commonwealth champion. He, he's, he's ready to go. Um, he's always been rated by everyone in boxing, yeah, he's, but just he's got, he's been a bit a hit record. and miss over the year. But Hit and miss, uh, lost a bit of heart, used to love the pubs. Um, so, but no, he's ready to go now. Um, it's a good fight for him. If he wins this, then he's back in, in the mix, so it's good. Thanks, Lee.
Thanks for a little cameo, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have I kept him in, but the size differential is yeah, too yeah, much yeah. when you're this close. Um, yeah, Dennis Radovan is also training with Grant Smith. That was announced yeah, this week. Well, I didn't even know that. Very yeah, interesting link-up, yeah. Basically, I saw Grant Smith and I thought, what are you doing here? And then realised that he's training Dennis Radovan. So that's an early fight. Get down 5 p.m., 5 p.m. get down there, because even before it really starts getting rocking and rolling, we've got, we got some great fights as well. But, you know, the main card, like I said, I think one of the best fights. And you know what? Progress Taylor... I can't wait because I don't even represent either guy. But what I do know is it's going to be a fight of the year contender. Of course, Chisora Price is going to be epic. God knows what's going to happen in that fight. In that fight, he's always up to something. He was—I think he had something planned for me today, so I kept out of his way. Um, so you know, it's. Uh, yeah. So um, all good, mate. All ready to go. Monster card. You mentioned Derek Chisora. I haven't spoken to you about his kind of. I guess they called him Diggs in the last few days, aimed in your direction. Yeah, is that just a fight week thing with him or is it is it just got, part of the course? Brilliant. I mean, we have such a good laugh together, me and Derek, and if I didn't know better from his Instagram post, I would say that we get on extremely well. So I don't know, like I see some people, I, love, I think he just loves to do things to cause reactions. Now I saw, saw people saying, uh, oh, saying to me, did you see Derek's Instagram post? And then after he posted it, like, I saw him at the waiting and he was all like, eh, eh, so I don't know. He probably does think I'm two-faced. I probably am a little bit two-faced. But I think you have to be as a promoter. I mean, you can't just be a real lovely guy who's just, you know, as a promoter, you have to duck and dive. So I'm trying to make sure that we do a deal with Derek. I'm doing a deal with David. He probably feels like, I don't know, does he feel like maybe I'm on team price? Because I've got a great relationship with David Price as well. To be honest, I, I, I really like and respect both men. And it's a bit of a shame that they're fighting, but it's on and it's happening. And I do not know what's going to happen. And someone's going to have to take it by the scruff of the neck and get this done. Because uh, what comes after is potentially huge, huge fights in 2020. I mean, you think if David Price wins this fight, he could fill Anfield against Dillian White, against Usyk, against Parker in those kind of fights. You know, and then if Delboy wins, he all of a sudden takes a standalone show with with Parker on pay-per-view or Usyk or these kind of fights. So, you know, I think basically what they've both done is incredible to revive their career. And they've done it out of hard work, particularly Chisora. I know we joke about, you know, he's a bit crazy, but he's worked his nuts off there at Chisora. You know, and David Hayes got him in the gym working, working, working. You've got to respect the man because he puts it in time and time again. And he loves the sport. He loves to fight. And uh, it's one thing loving to fight, but it's another thing putting the hard yards in, in the gym. And Del Boy's doing it day in, day out. You see it on his Instagram. He's living the life. And he's going to be very dangerous tomorrow night. Raise for your eyebrows with some of his questions, uh, some of his comments at yesterday's press conference. I know you have commented on it, but obviously I've not spoken yeah. to you about it. it. Seemed to me very, very insensitive given the current climate. Yeah, I mean, again, um, these things get flagged up when we have tragic incidents like Patrick Day. He doesn't mean that, you know, he says it every fight. He's apologised, I believe, across social media anyway, and heat at the moment stuff. I just think Derek's trying to get himself rattled for this fight. You know, I, I believe that he knows that when he's flat, he's not at his best. And it's sometimes difficult against David Price because he's such a nice guy, because he'll never give you anything back. And I think he did that a little bit to Dave Allen. You know, Dave Allen's not the kind of guy that's going to lose his temper and start, you know, head-to-head -head with someone. But I think that sometimes David Price can almost like, all right, mate, you, if that makes sense. That's never been used before. All right, mate, you. But, you know, and I think Chisora just said to himself yesterday, I'm not going to let him all right, mate me. 
So Dave, this is what I'm going to do. You're a, you're a sheep, lamb to the slaughter, and you're getting knocked out cold. The other stuff that he said, he shouldn't have said, he realises that, but that's just Derek Chisora, and you know sometimes he says things in the heat at the moment. You mentioned Dave Allen. I've not spoken to you about Dave. What's the situation with him currently? Nothing. I think he's in a great place, to be honest with you. I mean, I had a really good time and chat with him in Newcastle last week. Um, he understands the situation. And my advice was, look, I don't think you're physically and mentally in the right space to fight Dubois in December. If an offer comes in that you just literally can't refuse, this is prize fight and this is boxing, you, you know... I'm not going to be the one to stop you taking a fight, but I just feel for what's being offered and the fact that that fight would be there in March or April anyway, wouldn't you be better off coming back with a fight, getting a good win, maybe winning a title? And then I said, what they're offering you now will be there for Dubois, will be there for Hergovic, will be there for Pavec, you know, Huey Fury, will be there for all those fights. So unless they want to give you an offer you can't refuse, you know, keep working in the gym, come back in a fight and then you know, his value is going to keep increasing. So we've just got to look after Dave Allen universally because I think that uh, it's, a, it's a situation where he will, he loves to fight. So right now, his head is focused on fighting again. You know, he's already messaged me, oh, can I come back sixth round of this year, blah, 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 blah. When, but he will also make poor decisions for his career. So that's why you have a manager, that's why you have a good, close-knit team of people friends people will give you advice to make sure you make the right decision and I think he has made the right decision um, not fighting Dubois certainly for that kind of money and you know even even whatever the money is the fact is he couldn't beat Daniel Dubois right now you know, maybe he can't beat him in March or April but he can't win that fight so what are you doing you're just purely taking a fight for money wouldn't be the first time in boxing someone's done that but you know do you really want to go out like that so um, yeah He'll fight, Dubois will fight someone else and then if they want the Dave Allen fight, you know, so they may offer that kind of money in March and he may say, I'm ready now, let's go. Or it, he might get a title, get a good win and have to pay him double what they offered him. So, um, again, Dave's not under contract with us but I always feel like I have an obligation to try and look after him and, and I'll always be there to give him advice, to give him fights, whatever he wants to do but what I won't do is stop him from taking opportunities that he should be taking but my advice on this occasion was that this is not the opportunity to take. You have a personal relationship with Dave, which I do myself. Is there, is there not an element of you? I mean, we saw him take a real beating against David Price. I was actually in Vegas and the time difference meant so. It was kind of the middle of the day when I saw his tweets that he put out, which were obviously very, very alarming and very concerning at the time. Is there not the personal aspect of you that is concerned for his health and well-being? Yes, but I think, I think that boxing sometimes is good for Dave Allen in, in the right way. You know, the training is great for Dave Allen. Being around the sport, coaching individuals is great for him. You know, when you say you have a personal relationship with him, I like Dave Allen. It's not my job to hold his hand and look after him. You know, I will be here as much as I can in my life and schedule for a guy who I, you know, isn't under contract with us, but I do have, you know, I, I care about because I like him. He's a nice bloke. We don't talk every day. We talk very occasionally. But I feel as though I have an obligation to make sure that he's okay. That's just how I feel about it. So I said to him that until you're mentally and physically ready to fight, like let's let, let's remember, he turned down a six-round contest in Newcastle. He, he didn't feel like he was up for a six-round contest. You can't fight six weeks later, Daniel Dubois. You know, it does, doesn't work out that way. So, 
you know, a lot of these fighters, there's so many fighters out there, and so many fighters that we represent as well. You, it's impossible. You know, you've always got to look after yourself. That's the number one thing. And fighters have to understand that as well. The team has to look after you as well. But I can't hold the hands of these fighters every day of the week, you know. It's a bit like a Fitzy, madman. You know, I said to him the other day, I want to come up there and live with you and make sure you do everything right, train, you know, blah, blah, blah. But obviously I can't do that. And I would love to do that with some fighters because I love the sport and I love to be around fighters because they're great people. But, you know, they, you have to take responsibility for yourself sometimes. But the team of people around you have got to push you every day, help you. And that, that's the, sometimes the sort of unsung heroes you don't see in a team. You know, the trainer that goes around and says, you know, Right up you get, oh look, right up you get, what are you eating there, you know, and making sure, because it's a tough sport, very tough to stay disciplined in this sport, you know, out there doing your 10 mile runs, hill sprints, and you're sparring, and you've been told you can eat, only eat this, I mean, it's, it's a regimental lifestyle, but, but the regimental lifestyle, which we've seen is so good for so many fighters, is really good for Dave Allen as well, you know, and he needs that in his life. Joshua Boatsy woke up to a tweet today that he's now no longer going to be boxing on November the 2nd. What's the situation there? So we found out this, earlier this week that he was ill. Um, he's been trying to train, couldn't train, uh, some kind of viral infection, spoke to the training team and they said, look, the last two weeks he just hasn't been able to train. And you can't go into a fight. You know, we, we know how dangerous this sport is, even at 100%. And Josh is a complete perfectionist. You know, he wouldn't enter the ring if he wasn't. It's, a hunt. it's always difficult to be 100%, but you know, if he didn't feel like he was very well prepared for a fight like this, you know, he hasn't worked so hard in his career to enter a fight like that against a tough fighter in Caparello to give it all away. So he's going to have a few weeks off and then we'll reschedule that fight. That's a fight that I want to make and I'll make sure that the Caparello fight takes place. Again, depending on how long he needs for medicine, antibiotics, etc., might be early next year now, but you know, there's no point just putting in a flat performance or losing for the sake of a couple of months. So Martin Bacoli will replace him in a 10-round heavyweight fight, and we're looking at a number of opponents for him in a proper fight. He needs a proper fight now, Martin Bacoli, and he will be in it next Saturday at Manchester Arena. What kind of names? Throw some names at me. Just the, the usual squad, really. You know, guys who you look at, um, again, could be like an Eric Molina. Um, Can he box in this country? No, good point. But I'm talking about names like that. His uh, band's actually up. Oh, it's up. End of October. Yeah, so he could. He could. But he's not going to be in. But, you know, those kind of levels. The same kind of guys that, you know, the Chaz Riverspoons of this world and the Joey Dueckos and like those kind of guys who, you know, are ready. They stay ready for opportunities. And there's half a dozen of them or so. But it's not easy matching someone against Bacoli because he's very dangerous and he's going to be a, a big threat to the division. Just mentioning Josh Boatsy, I caught up with Anthony Yard a couple of days ago. First time I've seen him since the Sergei Kovalev fight. Yeah. Um, that's a fight that's been spoken about with him and Josh Boatsy. I asked um, Mr Yard uh, if he's going to be making any changes to his, his team, as it were. He was kind of evasive, as it were. Um, a lot of rumours on the street saying that potentially you're interested in signing Anthony Yard. Any truth in that? Well, I'm definitely interested in signing Anthony Yard but I've not had any conversations with any member of his team, management, agents. As far as I know, he's under contract and we had not spoken to him and wouldn't speak to him until he was a free agent. So, no, again, very good fighter, great profile right now. You know, he, He's a guy that all of a sudden has become a, a strong name in British boxing. So he's going to be on a lot of money for his next fight. It's going to be headlining somewhere. 
And um, you know, the Joshua Boazzi fight is, a, is such a great fight with Anthony Yard. And I, listen, I would love it to be for a world title, but sometimes that's not possible. So I would be interested in doing that fight next year. You know, that is a massive O2 fight. I believe it's a pay-per-view fight, actually. You know, given a couple more wins from each guy. And I just think it's a, it's a great fight. Callum Johnson, um, Andy Purell from Boxing Social, caught up with um, Callum Johnson a couple of days ago. He said that him and Josh Boazzi will fight Another soon. Fight, yeah. um, could we see two of those three fighting each other anytime soon? Yeah, love to. I mean, again, Callum Johnson against Anthony Yard, Callum Johnson against Joshua Boazzi, all great fights. Callum Johnson's a massively underrated fighter. You know, I mean, let's not forget, if he would have probably been a bit more experienced and had a slightly different mindset, he could have beaten Betterbeev that night. I mean, Betterbeev was shook to his boots by that left hook. He's down on the thing, and, and Callum really let him off. Easy for us to say when you're in there with a guy who can... He, was, you know, he wasn't gone, he was still dangerous. So, And uh, you know, his win over Shawnee Monaghan was a great win. Being unlucky with a little shoulder injury, he'll be back in 2020, but he's right up there, you know, domestically and on a world level. So Callum Johnson is great to watch, as is Joshua Boazzi, as is Anthony Yard. Um, you know, and you've also got the MTK Golden Tournament coming up for the light heavyweight division. So the winner of that is going to come out and be be right in the mix. Craig Richards also in the mix. You know, for for those big fights and now world top 15 as well. So good good time for the 175 pounders. Just final question: um, Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz undercard. Um, obviously, with the Michael Hunter, Alexander Povetkin fight, it's been not formally announced. You said about it the other day, but yeah, it's done. Um, any further additions to that card? Obviously, John O'Carroll, Scott Quigg. Is there yeah. any more? Uh, there will be. Yeah, there's a. There's probably going to be four championship bouts plus Joshua plus one or two others. So you've got two of them there, um, and Hergovic is likely to be in another one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Povetkin Hunt is a brilliant fight, as is Scott Quigg against John O'Carroll. It's just one of those ones where I was just sitting there one day and obviously Scott Quigg's back from injury. I was looking at the division, I was like, John O'Carroll? Yeah, and spoke to MTK, spoke to Scott Quigg, yeah. You know, they're both in that position where they want to fight for world titles. John O has, and obviously Scott's a former world champion. So let them fight, and the winner's going to go on and, and be a real threat to the division. The, the loser probably has to return to the domestic scene. Where do we stand with visas? In terms of in terms of fans and media, actually. Yeah, fan, fans are able to get their visas. Many, you know, they they have. I've asked for a little bit of clarification um, from the GSA on visas. Um, I think they've they've done about eight thousand tickets so far. Around five thousand Brits of that eight thousand. Not all from the UK. Some from Dubai and expats and stuff like that. But a huge proportion of those and again the media accreditation once the accreditations aligned you I don't think has a pass um, because it's very busy but other outlets who do have access to the tournament and sorry the event will, will get their visas in time oh well thanks Eddie well no no not thank you no, we, we will make sure that Boxing, Boxing Social get um, a pass to the London showing of the fight thanks very much it's very kind of you do you kind of regret the initial press conference where you said, you know, you made out that it was very easy that a visa would be supplied with your ticket. It turns out it's not quite the case. That was the message given from GSA. So I think, uh, unfortunately, I don't work for the government in Saudi and I can't change visa situations. And But, it, you know, what they said was that you will receive a visa with your ticket. You will receive a visa, but the process is a little bit more difficult than it sounded. But I'm asking them for clarification. And, you know, again, I can't talk to the government and the tourism department in Saudi and say, all right, mate, listen, yeah, can you make it a little bit easier on the old visas, Gov? You know, change it round or even have someone at the old uh, gates giving it the... 
you know, so. Okay, we look forward to further announcements. Eddie Hearn, thanks for speaking to Boxing Social. Cheers, mate.